It's like playing Madden, like, but in Madden. Wingstop, 20 piece. See, he drums only. This team on flats. Stafford's been the best quarterback I've played with. Um, the guy can flat out play. I can always do work, bro. I can always do work. Y'all know what I am. Round six, pick 200. I can always get work. All right, everybody. Welcome to the Back Judge Podcast. I will be your acting captain host here as Adam Klepp is just swamped in that Chicago office with the work he's got to do. We're proud and glad to bring in John Dolan as I wouldn't even call it a replacement. He's just he, he's a steady member of the show, another busy guy, but we love we love having him on when we can. And we're serving a five-game uh, suspension. He's finally back. A couple too many beans in the season, but hey, we all, we all recover. I don't know about you Do guys, not. man, but we're, I'm ready to dive into this week six slate, baby. This is some interesting stuff here. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, it's that um, – blatantly obvious Lions bias that keeps people coming back to the back yep. judge. I can't just let the Marie brothers go on and talk about non-Lions stuff. I got to put on for my boy Clap. You already know. Come home, baby. We'll get you back next week. I'll, I'll, I'll help you out this can't week. Wait, so let's can't run. wait to have Clep back, but I also can't wait to dive into this. Let's start off with the Thursday night game tomorrow night. Giants in New England in Foxborough playing the Patriots on Thursday night. Got this one at 16 and a half. I honestly, to start this one off, think this is going to kind of just be similar to the last week for the Giants where they're going to be outmatched with a defense that is superior to their offense in every facet. And I think Daniel Jones, although he's shown some, some signs of promise this year, um, is going to be a bit overmatched. And I really probably won't be touching this line, but if I had to, I'd probably, I'd probably lean to laying the 16.5 with the Patriots at home with, on a short week. Um, I think that the Giants are going to start to slide and show everyone why they were ultimately projected to be a 5-6 win team before the season. And uh, I'm interested to see if either of you guys have any more hope for them. Yeah, and um, just looking at the uh, – I've been really – I've loved Daniel Jones so far uh, this year, guys. Like, I've really been impressed with his uh, – this is something that I'll probably talk about a lot, something that I don't know why I haven't paid attention with uh, quarterbacks, especially young quarterbacks more when watching tape. But it's just kind of the poise. I really love how Daniel Jones just kind of, you know, he's mobile. He's we, We've seen him run. He runs a 4.8, a low 4.8, so he's obviously fast. He doesn't just stand there like Matt Ryan all game. But he's poised in the pocket. Um, his whole line is better than they're given credit for. Um, but uh, he doesn't panic and, you know, roll to the right every single time like Baker Mayfield does. But just this, um, the injury report for the Giants is absolutely brutal, man. Like, not only, um, obviously, Saquon's out. But, like, I had Saquon in one fantasy league. I pick up Wayne Gallman. He gets 15. I'm like, all right, this is my guy. He's concussed. Wayne Gallman might not even come back before Saquon. And Evan Ingram and Sterling Shepard are out now, too. So had this been a full-strength Giants team, like, you guys remember last year, I think, Lee, you were on the train with me uh, last year. We were oh, like, the Giants are the best 5'11 team in the league, baby. Big like time. They had a big lot time. of talent. And uh, I, I still like this team. Obviously, the talent isn't there with uh, uh, with Odell gone and all the injuries right now. Not like like this team as a playoff team, but as a team to, you know, like maybe surprise some people and get like six or seven wins. Had they been at full strength, I'm taking the 17 points, and I think this would have been a close game. This is, you know, they, these teams only play each other once every four years. These teams got a great rivalry i love watching the giants and pats play but with this brutal uh injury report for the giants and playing the pats at home on a short week i'm staying away from this and if i had to i'm probably gonna take the patriots even laying 17 points 
Yeah, my, I mean, my offshore that rhymes with Shmoshmada has it at 17 and a half. So we're kind of all <laughs> we're kind of all over the map right now. Um, and I mean, I probably I'm leaning towards the the Patriots as well. Uh, they pulled out against Washington last week, and I kind of see this game being a similar uh, thing where probably the Giants are hanging around for the first half, and then the kind of deficiencies, I mean, the injury report, obviously, that you were talking about, Evan Ingram has been really their whole offense, especially with, uh, you know, Saquon being out and Sterling Shepard uh, being out a little bit and, and now being hurt uh, after playing for a little bit. But, the, I mean, the Giants, I have been impressed by Daniel Jones, and now that we've had a little bit of a sample size, uh, you know, with the th- three games, Tampa, uh, Washington, and Minnesota. I mean, Lee and I were both fading uh, the last week. We were fading the Giants and going heavy with the Vikings. And, you know, that kind of, Yeah, I made a mistake. Yeah, you took, I the, took Giants? the Giants. <laughs> well, well yep. I mean, it was about time. I tried to talk you out no, of No, yeah, you guys were right. You guys were right. This, like Kirk, Kirk finally, he finally he, Kirk had a chance against a bad yeah. defense, and he, he proved and, it. And, and uh, you know, conversely, Daniel Jones went up against probably the best defense that he had played to that point, and he, you know, he obviously, uh, you know, potentially gets a tougher t- chance, I mean, a tougher team this week with the Patriots. So, mm-hmm. again, I, I'm with you guys. If I'm not going to touch it, but if I did, I would probably lay uh, the points with the Patriots as well, and, and I expect this to be an, an easy Patriots one. Yeah, still, it'll be entertaining to see just, you know, how Daniel Jones kind of treats this big first primetime start against, you know, the best team of this decade, maybe the best NFL team ever. Um, Whether it's close or not, I'm going to have my eyes on Daniel Jones a lot and kind of just try to see how he deals with the pressure because so far what I've seen uh, out of him uh, in pressure, I've liked it, so we'll see. Uh, now that we got that Thursday night game out of the way, we can move to finally. I, I was really disappointed that the London game last week was not at nine thirty yeah. in the morning. It's great. It's great to have that nine thirty game to kind of ease you into the mm-hmm. slate. Um, glad that we have that this week in the division matchup of the Carolina Panthers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, I think that's it's always great to get a divisional matchup in kind of this somewhat prime time slot. Um, the books that I'm looking at have the Buccaneers as a two and a half point. Favorite, if I'm not mistaken? I, um, I got Panthers minus two. Panthers minus two. Okay, never mind. Then it would be the Buccaneers as a two-and-a-half-point mm. underdog. Um, mm-hmm. This is kind of one that I could see going either way. I mean, obviously, uh, we, we all remember the, th- the Thursday night game, week two, where the Buccaneers went into Carolina and kind of asserted themselves yeah. as early on, uh, I guess, the, su- the superior team in the division. and. I think this is a spot where it's kind of interesting that they're playing each other uh, twice in, 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 in five weeks. I think that's really interesting, you know, kind of a fresh opponent, um, a game in London, so you really kind of don't know what to expect. But I think the Buccaneers are the type of team where they're kind of having a roller coaster type of season. You got the big win in L.A., then you go to New Orleans and not really lay an egg, but Mike Evans doesn't get really any love, and mm-hmm. you're still, it's still only a touchdown loss, maybe in garbage time, but still kind of got handled by New Orleans. Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater kind of exposed the secondary. Um, I'll be the first one to say it, man. I'm leaning Buccaneers here. Wow. Uh, I think that this is a Buccaneers team that I've had, I guess, as much faith as you could possibly have in an inconsistent team in the NFL. And I think this is kind of a get-right spot for the Buccaneers to get back to 500 and kind of slow the rope of the Kyle Allen and Panthers hype train that has been taking place over the past three weeks. So the fact that they're getting points is just that much better. Don't know if I'm really going to put a big number on this game or if I'm really even going to bet on it just because at the end of the day it is betting on the Buccaneers in London. But definitely looking forward to this divisional matchup in the morning. And I think I'm leaning Buccaneers here to kind of even out the division a little bit more and, 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 
keep it going as a as a multiple horse race in that division. Yeah, I um, I think this is a game of like two teams that are just so unbelievably inconsistent, and those are kind of like my favorite games to watch. So I might have to set that alarm for nine o'clock on Sunday. Um, I was leaning towards the Panthers, honestly, but Lee, you had me uh, kind of second-guessing, but I, I think I am going to stick with the Panthers. And part of the reason is, um, well, I haven't been on the show in a while, so we haven't been able to talk about it. I'm sure you guys have covered it. But um, the whole Cam Newton uh, injury situation has really confused me. Uh, it's really disappointed me to see his performance go down in the past couple of years. And to watch them start the season off, they started off 0-2 with Cam, and they had that, that Thursday night game was embarrassing when they tried the fake Philly. That never works. Um, and um, really just how he's gone downhill in the past few years. And then to see Kyle Allen come in and he's completing his pa- he's completing two-thirds of his passes. He's not turning the ball over. Um, and he's winning games, something that Cam wasn't doing. And it's kind of making me think, you know, like Cam Newton really wasn't all that. And he was a former MVP and he obviously had the rushing threat. But he was always an inconsistent passer in terms of accuracy. He always completed less than 60% of his passes. So I kind of like this, you know, conservative Panthers offense with Kyle Allen at, Allen at the helm and him just feeding that horse McCaffrey, baby. Because uh, I, I, A horse indeed. Yes, yeah, so I talk about uh, my other fantasy league sometimes, but everyone knows that the Dynasty League is number one, and oh boy, McCaffrey oh, yeah. is <laughs> God, man. So I really think this is something I, I don't really trust either team too much to, like, you know, put some money on the team, but I'm really liking the over in this one. It's going to be uh, wild out in London, and I think this is another, you know, McCaffrey, probably 10 receptions, Kyle Allen checking it down to him a lot, and um, 40 fantasy points probably. So uh, I'll, t- I'll, I'll stick with the Panthers, although, Lee, you, were, you made me think about the Buccaneers for a second there. Yeah, I, in- I initially was leaning uh, Panthers too, but there's just a lot of – I definitely am not certain uh, about a lot of things. There's, there's, there's three things I'm certain of. The first thing is that this is a classic Tommy teaser spot where I'm going to tease, I'm going <laughs> to tease the Buccaneers up, and I'm going to tease the over too. So I'd get the over at 41 and a half, and the Bucks plus eight oh. and a half. I think oh. that's a classic. What a <laughs> I know. Well, I mean, I've been, I've been really loving these classic Tommy teaser spots, and this one, this one reeks of a classic Tommy teaser spot. And the two other things I'm certain of is. The, the only god on this field is, is Chris Godwin, who is the best. He's the best receiver on Tampa's team, despite in the NFL. In the NFL. Right now, he's, the, he's playing like the best receiver in the NFL. He's the best receiver on Tampa's team. Um, I'm really excited for this game. Unfortunately, we won't be able to watch it because Lee and I are in a semi-professional football league at Groves High School. Wow. Lost last week, Brutal, by the way. Brutal, Brutal loss, loss last that's, week. Uh, that's for a different podcast. Let's stick to the analysis. You, you playing QB, Lee? Just real quick. I am, man. Ooh, I'm out there slinging Spin the armor, baby. People forget I'm, I'm that Lee, Lee's a dual threat. People forget that. Uh, they, 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 they do forget that. Um, we were, we were, it was tough running in that thick grass, but we, uh, we kind of made it work. But to, to be continued on this, initially, Dolan, I was with you. I was picking the Panthers just because mm-hmm. I think they present a higher floor. And, Lee, as you were alluding to, the Buccaneers are, are you know, wildly inconsistent, and you don't really know what you're getting from week to week. And, you know, the last two weeks being case in point with – the Rams game, and then the New Orleans game where you and I were, uh, I mean, I was on the Bucks last week, and, and the Saints just continue to show, mm-hmm. I mean, this is a, you know, a different team, but the Saints continue to show, in my opinion, why they're the class of this division, and even without Drew Brees, uh, they, they you know, Teddy Bridgewater, like you said, Lee, really had a, a breakout game, I think, this year, and maybe played his best game as a pro. He was just awesome. Yeah. Um, but, you know, back to this game. 
I, I guess I'm going to lean with the Bucks just because I like the, I like the the, uh, the power more. You know, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't be shocked <laughs> if the Panthers win, but the Bucks present that that higher, uh, you know, ceiling that if this game is kind of like how it was with Carolina last week against Jacksonville, I think that the the Bucks are going to, you know, be able to win a, a game like that because I think they, uh, you know, are better than the Jaguars, and I think they are a little bit more dynamic than the Jaguars, and I think that's where you see the, the, the pitfalls of, of Kyle Allen. And, you know, obviously they have McCaffrey, who is my pick for MVP right now. I think it's him and Russell Wilson wow. You are the mm-hmm. two guys right now that I would really be leaning towards. But McCaffrey, man, he just does so much and is, you know, I think probably the best non-quarterback in the NFL right now. Him and him and Dalvin yeah. Cook are really duking it out. But, uh, you know, mm-hmm. to, to wrap this up, I think I'm, I'm, I'm staying away from it in terms of money lines, but I will be teasing the Buccaneers in the over. Uh, so I'm going to lean Bucks for this game for, for my bet sick. Just a few things to say to kind of tail off what you said, Tommy. I do want to add, um, you know, I do want to give a little bit of credit to the Saints, who I think have been getting undervalued since that Drew Brees went down with the thumb injury, and I think that they are a bit better than people think. Um, And I really do kind of enjoy the fact that Teddy Bridgewater was uh, passing the ball efficiently Mm -hmm. vertically last week. And I think this is a kind of an interesting spot for Kyle Allen because although I'm not going to slight Kyle Allen at all, he's been incredible, but the one thing he really hasn't been doing is is, is, um, is throwing the ball vertically down the field and completing very long passes. A lot of it is check downs and short Mm -hmm. passes which is fine because they've got some very dynamic, dynamic athletes that can do a lot in space. Yeah. But this Bucks defense, in terms of short yardage defense, they're a great short yardage defense. If you can really open it up on them, they will absolutely be exposed. And this is kind of a spot where I think that Carolina may struggle trying to really open it up. And McCaffrey may be getting stuffed a bit by the quick linebackers that Tampa Bay has and the good schemes. Devin White. Yes, and, and the Bulls is always ro- rolling out some good schemes. And I, I'm not going to act like I know the metrics off this. But I do like Arians off a loss. Bruce Arians off a loss is just something. I just like the sound of it. I think that Arians is going to get those boys rallied. I don't know when they're getting over to London, but I think this is definitely going to be an interesting one. I do like the over, but I'm sticking with the Buccaneers here. And I was just going to say one more thing. One guy that we uh, glossed over again is Shaq Barrett, who's leading the league in sacks right now. And I think that's potentially potentially a huge matchup right there is Shaq Barrett and whoever that left tackle is. Um, is it Greg Little playing left tackle for them right now? I'm, I'm, I, think I think it. I think it might be. He may be playing right. I'm not I think sure. Moton, Jeff I think Moton's Moton the, the right. Uh, so I'm, I mean, you know, mm-hmm. that's we don't have a producer right now to look this up. But whoever the left tackle mm-hmm. is, that's a clear advantage with the way Shaq Barrett is playing. And I couldn't mm-hmm. agree more with you, Lee. That Tampa does struggle yeah. when you can pass the ball vertically, but when it comes to you know keeping it in front of them, I really think their athleticism and their and their front seven can get after it. So uh, I think that's a good point. Yeah, Lee, that was, that was a great point, bringing up the, the guys in the space, because I was just thinking about that, too. Like, they got Curtis Samuel, they got DJ Moore. I mean, these are like, you know, 5'11", yeah. six-foot guys. They run four threes, four fours. It's awesome seeing them in open space. But, yeah, that's a great point. I don't know if they can air the ball down the field. Even C-Mac, you can throw him in as, like, he, he has the production of a slot receiver while also carrying the responsibilities of a running back. Yeah. So Just run that, 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 that HB there. angle route all game. HB angle. You already but. know. And he just takes off. Uh-huh. Um, let's 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 move forward to the game. We'll be spending the least amount of time analyzing oh, this week. We, game of the week. <laughs> game of the week. Which is the Washington Redskins traveling down to Miami off the bye with the Miami Dolphins there, hosting them. Uh, a game where I just really don't know where to lean. Ugh. Part of me thinks, hey, maybe this Redskins team will play motivated now that they have a new coach and maybe a new philosophy. The other part of me thinks. 
hey, Josh Rosen hasn't really looked awful this year. The Dolphins are off the bye, and this is a game that they definitely very well could win at home. Ultimately, the latter prevailed before this podcast. I'm sticking with the Dolphins here. I think this is kind of the spot where the Dolphins can, I guess in one way or another, prove that they aren't the worst team in NFL history and just put another mark of inadequacy in the Washington Redskins' resume thus far in the NFL season. So I think Case Keenum is not the move. I think they probably should have stuck with Colt McCoy. Um, I like the fact that the Redskins are sitting Haskins for the rest of the year. I Mm. think that playing him can do damage to his confidence, which is the last thing you want to do to a young quarterback. But I ultimately think that this Redskins team is one of the worst organizations in all of sports Mm -hmm. and that the Miami Dolphins, the lowly Miami Dolphins, will take advantage of the inadequacies of the Washington Redskins and end up getting out of Hard Rock Stadium with a W this week. Yeah, hey, let's ride the Dolphins, baby. I'm with you. I, I, um, and I, I got to tell you, it's taken a lot out of me to not just make this my risky survivor. Like, the only reason oh, why I'm not is because it's the Dolphins. Because, like, that's how bad the Redskins is. This is a terrible matchup. And that, like, they're it, getting the Redskins are three and a half point favorites know, on the road. I know. What more do you want? It's just ridiculous. Hey, uh, uh, Albert Wilson is coming back. Everyone knows that's my guy on the Dolphins. Um, and since I haven't been able to talk about the Dolphins uh, yet this year, I low-key really like what they're doing. That Minka Fitzpatrick trade was awesome. Like, that could end up being, like, a top-ten pick. They're going to end up maybe with two top-ten picks. It seems sort of like what the Raiders were doing last year, but maybe even a more effective version because they've really dealt out every player. Um, And uh, I guess I'm going with Chosen Rosen. And, like, I I don't even know if, like, Keenum's getting the start. Like, I know McCoy got the start last week. He was getting concussed. Like, I don't understand. Like, Lee, you might be for, you know, shutting down the quarterback and, like, not playing your first-round pick in the first year. I'm not about that. It's something that I've noticed a lot in the league this year, and it's just teams babying their quarterbacks, and I'm really tired of that. And You're for getting Haskins the reps? I, I, this is a tough situation because of how bad they are, but all I'll say right now is that when Matthew Stafford was drafted, Jim Schwartz, obviously he's not a great coach, but immediately he said this guy is our starter. He said that before we even picked him. We signed him the day before the draft. He said this guy is our starter. I like it when you hand the keys of the franchise over to the quarterback and just let him go out there and get reps. I'm not afraid of people making mistakes. Stafford threw 13 touchdowns and 20 picks his rookie year, playing only 10 games. That's so bad. And like, Let him go out there and let him just get reps. You're not going to become that wily veteran who, like, which is what Stafford's become because of all the reps he's gotten and what a lot of quarterbacks, guys like Phil Rivers and other people who have just sort of been slinging it since day one, you don't become that wily veteran without getting those reps. So it's not – I'm not – you know, Haskins wasn't the first overall pick. I was a big fan of Haskins in college. I think he can go out there and sling it right now and he should play. But uh, he's not like, you know, can't miss, like need to be playing this guy. But um, I, I really think he should be playing right now. And I'm going to go. I mean, yeah, and if there's, any, if there's any secondary to gain confidence against and if there's any <laughs> defense to gain confidence against, it's the Miami Dolphins. So, yeah. Just Tommy, what do, you, what do you think about this spot? Um, I, I mean, I also was a fan of Haskins, but I think, I think if he was ready, they would be playing him, to be honest. I also think yeah. with, with Case Keenum and Colt McCoy, um, I, you know, Haskins played well in the preseason, but he obviously, and against the Giants too, I mean, I think the Giants might have a worse secondary than uh, the, the Dolphins. I mean, they literally have yeah. they literally have Breeze, Jabril, for those who, who aren't in with the, what the kid's slang is. And, uh, uh, you know, DeAndre Baker, who's a guy that I liked and has looked good, but is way too young to be getting the role that he's getting. Um, and then on the other side, you know, 
I'm, I'm with you guys, basically, in short. The, the Dolphins, uh, I'm, I kind of want them as my risky survivor, Dolan. I don't think... Oh! I, oh, wow. I don't oh, really let's think, go! I mean, I mean, are you really going to take the Redskins? I, like, what, no. I'm, what I see as positive for the Redskins is, I guess, going back to Case Keenum and the fact that they fired Jay Gruden and maybe that will, you know, oh, yes, reinvigorate yes, yes. them and galvanize them, which I definitely... Th- mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I'm not, you know... I probably have 60 to 70% chance in the uh, confidence, you know, in the Dolphins. I just, I think Rosen's a better quarterback. Uh, They're both just really bad teams. Uh, (laughs) Terry McLaurin's the best player on the field, really. That's what it comes down to. uh, I just. Yeah, that guy has 10 catches on the year. He's killing it, man. I I Um, mean, yeah, there's uh, not much else to say. I just like Brian Flores and Josh Rosen more than uh, Bruce. I don't even. Is it Bruce Callahan? Is that the guy's name? And 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 Case Keenum. So that's that's my analysis. Boys, I I just got to say that anyone who takes Redskins minus three and a half, they got to be, like, disqualified from talking football ever. Like, maybe Redskins money line if you're really feeling a close win. But, like, I'm done betting minus three and a half, dude. The Redskins are going to win by three if the line is minus three and a half. Like, anyone who takes that, get out of here. Real quickly before we move on from this topic, is it not time for the Washington Redskins to trade Trent Williams? I mean, he's not playing. Yeah. He's, he's not, not going to play. play. The trade deadline is looming. They don't know the what they're month. doing. It, it's, it's You can get and picks for this guy. You can get a lot of value for this guy. And, so and much. something that, I mean, I brought up a couple weeks ago, and it still seems to me the obvious clear fit is the Cleveland Browns, who is a team who has all the talent in the oh, NFL yeah. and just has a huge hole on the in, you know at the left tackle position. And even if you're going to mm-hmm. – I think now I would at least give up a second-round pick for him and at least start it there. I mean, the Browns, the AFC North – Give him Olivier Vernon. The AFC North is in, a, is in a hell hole right now, and you might as well just try and go for it. And whatever left tackle you're going to pick next year, whether it's, you know – Walker Little, or I don't even know who, who's going to be available in the middle of the first round. Uh, I just think Trent Williams, he's only, what, 30 or 31 years old? I still think you can get a lot yep. of good years out of him. Exactly, and that's just, like, uh, we're going to have to move on from the Redskins because we're asking why are they not, tra- like, trading Trent Williams. It's because it's Dan Snyder. Snyder. It's because these guys just don't know how to run it. <laughs> oh, yeah, hope he doesn't catch me calling him by his first name, Mr. Snyder. They like we could we could go on for days, man. Like this this team is a mess. They tore RG3's ACL because there wasn't good grass at FedEx. I've been done with this team forever, man. The boy is in. The boy is in. Adam Clep, Clep, before you come in, let's oh. go swimming. Let's go swimming at TIAA Bank Field for the New Orleans oh. Saints visiting the Jacksonville Jaguars. Clep, kick us off here. Yeah. Adam Clep, off work on the pod. Tell us how you feel about the Saints-Jags matchup in Jacksonville. Hey, Clap. Clap, how do you feel about this matchup in Jacksonville? We got you on the line now. Saints visiting the Jags. Godner Minshew. How you feeling? Yeah, huh. I mean, I think that I, I overestimated maybe the, the amount of Minshew magic that could be had last week against the, the Kyle Allen Panthers, but... I think Jalen Ramsey's back for this game, if I'm not mistaken, which, I mean, no matter, I guess, what his attitude is, um, I don't know. I think it was it was reported that he might be able to play. So whatever his attitude is, it's, it's a big uh, plus for that defense. But, I mean, the Saints have really uh, impressed me since uh, losing Drew Brees. I, I kind of was underestimating Teddy Bridgewater a little bit. And I, I think they're just proving to be one of the more well-coached teams in the NFL. 
their defense finally, even though they were they were pretty good last year, it seems like they can kind of rely on their defense to get a few stops and, and make a few plays in the game, which uh, hasn't really been uh, the norm in New Orleans in the past few years. So I, I'd be leaning Saints here, even though it's it's in the uh, the uh, friendly confines there. I'll follow up and just say, man, God bless Teddy Bridgewater, man. The guy's playing with the with the joy and passion for the game, and he's looking more like Louisville Teddy Bridgewater than than Minnesota Teddy Bridgewater. And I'll be the first person to say it, Tommy. You can back me up. I've been a this guy was my iPad screensaver in freshman year of high school. Uh, bubble gum in the socks. I love Teddy Bridgewater. I love to see him succeeding. I think one and a half. I understand why the line is there, and I get that the Jaguars should be respected. But I think the Saints have a better coach. They got a better quarterback, and they have a better football team. And I like the Saints in this spot too. You know, I think uh, with the Saints. Not only were, was I or we maybe underestimating Teddy Bridgewater, I think uh, I've been overestimating Drew Brees a little bit. And that's a, that's a take I've been squatting on ever since uh, the Cowboys game last year. He low-key didn't really look the same since then. And, you know, people give a lot of uh, crap for the call in the um, uh, NFC Championship game. But Drees, Brees was pretty bad down the stretch, especially in overtime when he threw that terrible pick. Um, so Bridgewater, like you said, Lee, he actually has been, this is the best football of his career that I've seen him play. He was a very conservative quarterback in Minnesota. Uh, he never really was all that. Like he was always throwing like maybe 14 touchdowns, like 10 picks in a season. Um, this just speaks to how really loaded the, uh, Saints team is, especially on defense. Their defense bolstered up a lot more than I, um, they're, they're a lot better than I thought they were last year. But with all that being said, I'm just going to ride the Jags. I'm taking the Jaguars, um, and that's because them them being minus one. That's what I, I'm looking at them right now. I'm shocked that they're favored in this because this you don't you're not going to see a, a team a two and three team favored against a four and one team very often. That tells me that this game is going to be close. I've loved everything I've seen uh, out of Minshew so far. He's been calm. He's been poised. He's got a strong arm. He's like a likable baker who doesn't talk all the crap off the field. Um, I just really think it, it, it's just hard for me to picture. I know I like talked all that like a little bit of crap about Drew Brees just there, but it's, it's still hard for me to picture of them going, you know, starting five and one without him. So I think this just seems sort of like a, you know, crash back down to earth a little bit, start the season off four and two, and I like the Jags in this spot. Yeah, and like you were saying, Dolan, it seems that, you know, Vegas thinks that too, and, and that's kind of, I just, I'm rolling with the Saints because they're a better team. They haven't had the crash off spot against, you know, better teams. I think the Cowboys, namely, even though I'm sure we'll get into them more and how potentially fraudulent they could be uh, right when I get excited. Um, and so I'm just kind of rolling. Teddy B is playing great. Another thing about Teddy B, if we're talking about him back in the day, is classic Colin Coward take. You know, all, we all know Teddy Bridgewater is going to be the number one pick next year. That's a classic Colin Coward take that he said back in 2013, <laughs> I believe, the spring of 2013, that that turned out not to be true, but, you know. That's a, for a story for another day. But, yeah, I'm just rolling with the Saints, man. I really like how they've been playing. Uh, you know, on the Jaguars side, uh, you, you get the inconsistency. The Baker Mayfield comparison with Gardner Minshew, I think, is valid. I think they are very similar. I, Gardner was kind of like Baker Light at Washington State. Uh, they play with a lot of the same pizzazz. But, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I obviously wouldn't be shocked if the Saints fell back to earth, really, this week. But I just... There's no reason for me to think that they're just randomly going to start playing worse. I just think they still present the higher floor, so I'm going with the Saints. Yeah. Jags Island, Dolan, baby. Jags Island, good place to be. Go swimming for a little bit. Um, 
What I would say about the Baker comparison, Baker definitely has higher highs and lower lows, I think I'd say. Gardner's a little more, uh, you know, mm-hmm. of the median, um, very down to earth. And if I may add, I read an article about him today. Dude's in a dynasty league. Gardner Minshew himself is in a dynasty league oh. with his with his homeboys from from uh, from back home where he grew up, which is always relieving to hear that, you know, these, these guys are people too, and uh, he drafted Kyler Murray. So, you know... The, the, the guy, the guy is not he's only a, a weapon on the field, but he's he's a weapon in his dynasty. Garner, Garner. Clef, real real quick, I'm gonna put you on the spot. Just wait, hey Lee, Lee, can I say one thing real quick? Speaking of dynasty league, I just want to give one shout out to this is one of yeah. your guys, right, Leonard Fournette. Been been playing great Absolutely. this season. I just had to say that because I, I've actually I've actually criticized. He hasn't been scoring the touchdowns, mm-hmm. but I didn't care about that at all. What I sort of have criticized for him in the past is sort of that a little. Like I'm not gonna. Th- it's hard to throw Trent Richardson out there. You don't want to throw that out there. But just like early on with Fournette, he was getting the carries, but he kind of had that like three and a half yeah, yards yeah. per carry like in his first two years, and that just sort of scared me. Now he's up well over that four, near that four and a half range. He's looked man. great. So uh, good, good for him. him. In the off season, talking about how he improved his life this off season, made me want to draft him. He's a young guy, and uh, he's that draft pick has. Uh, ended up, you know, proving me right at least so far. So, yeah, he's he's realizing his potential right now. I mean, a little bit. He, when he came in, like we we all remember him at LSU. Dude, he was so high. It's good age. to see him play well this year. Twice our age. He looks like he's forty. Let me let me put. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you look like Ryan Reynolds. Let me put Clep on the spot real quick with just a one-word answer, Clep. Dolphins or uh, Dolphins or Redskins? Huh. Uh, uh skins. Clef when will you learn? Stop just stop sticking up for the skin. Stop being the only guy who picks the skins. Now every like Haskins is probably gonna get in late in the game and like tear his ACL all on the Dolphins. Convincingly so. Um, uh, Clef <laughs> is on once a year, dude. He, 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 that's where he goes to his quiet place, man. Seriously. <laughs> um, let's move forward to the divisional matchup, and I'll give it away. This is my survivor lock of the week. I'm not necessarily comfortable with it being my survivor lock of the week. You still alive in Survivor League? I'm still alive in as Survivor. For those of us, for those of us who are still alive in Survivor, we're kind of getting to that week six. We're getting to that point in the year where. You have to nut up a little bit and pick games that you may not be 100% comfortable with picking. And this is a game where I think the Baltimore Ravens, they're playing a winless Cincinnati Bengals team. Obviously, it's within the realm of possibility for the Bengals to win, I think. It's a divisional game. They're going to play hard. They have a somewhat solid defense that can kind of get after it and overperform. Still waiting for Joe Mixon to kind of pop off and have a big game. But this is a Ravens team that I just think is too well coached and executes their game plan too well to drop a home game to the Cincinnati Bengals. And ultimately, that leads me to stay away on the spread. Uh, I'm not in love with the Ravens, minus 12. But in terms of just a straight-up pick them in this 1 o'clock slot, I think the Ravens are as close to a lock as you'll find, having picked the Eagles and Patriots and whatnot already. Completely agree, and I really do not have much yeah. to say about this game. Tired of the Tired of the Bengals. Get them off my TV screen unless they're wearing those all white color rush so unis. I don't want to see them. Um, although, although they they, um, they showed some fight. They showed that oh that 0 4 fight in that uh, the end of that Arizona game last week when they came back. But I'm taking Baltimore. Not gonna take the spread. 
because I had minus three and a half on Baltimore last week, and they won by three, and I hate that. And I really don't know if they're going to cover 11, but this is just an easy win, and I hate the Bengals. So Baltimore's been looking great this year, and I really like Lamar. So that's an easy win. Yeah, Clark, take it away, man. Yeah, I mean, the... I think the AFC North matchups are always going to be hard to predict. Obviously, uh, I I was all in on the Ravens uh, against the Browns two weeks ago, and the Browns beat them handily at home. And then last week, the Ravens go into Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh gives them a run for their money. I can't even remember their third string quarterback's name, but uh, they were they were yeah they were in it to the end. And uh, so I, I think I mean I'm going with the Ravens just because um, I think the Bengals are are really just. Not not that good of a team and really struggling to get anything going on on offense, especially just with their offensive line the way that it is right now. But again, I mean, this one could could be close. Lamar Jackson has cooled off a little bit since uh, ESPN crowned him and Patrick Mahomes the new Brady Manning uh, matchup. So um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just gonna go with the Ravens here. Yeah, I'm, I'm Ravens. Uh, we're all going to be on the Ravens this week. Uh, they're Lee. They're also my survivor this week. So if we go down, we go down together, mm-hmm. man. And that means that Chris. That means Let's that Chris not. wins Survivor, which would be awful. <laughs> Do you? Does he? Did he already pick the Ravens? Or oh, he yeah, probably I think he did. Raven, not Ravens. He, he picked them against the Cardinals. Oh, really? I think. Oh, so he'll probably be picking the Patriots. I don't Patriots. know if he has them. I, no, doubt, I doubt he has them, but that's we should. We'll, we'll stay we'll, away. We'll see where he's at. Love seeing Connor lose on the Bears last week. Love. That. He couldn't change it. Um, supposedly. <laughs> that's just classic. Ineptitude. All you have to do is hit the X button. If you can't figure yeah. that out, he deserves to die in survival. Period. End of story. Let's move forward to the game that I don't want to overreact, but I'm I'm closer. I'm closer. To the Browns being in draft season than I was last week. I think this there we Browns go, baby. team, Let's go. they're so Let's all over go. the place. Baker is so hot and cold. OBJ is overrated. Their defense is average. And you know what? You guys may get a big reaction out of this. Miles Garrett is overrated. He is not good enough mm. of a run defender mm. for me to consider mm-hmm. him one of the best defensive mm-hmm. players in the league. Like He has been getting anointed every single year since he's been drafted. This Brown seems a disaster. The fact that this line, I was talking to Tommy before the podcast, it's one and a half last time I checked. I'd favor Seattle at four and a half, maybe five. I think the Seahawks are a team on a long week playing on Thursday last week. They're going to go into Cleveland, and they're going to show the Cleveland Browns what a legitimate playoff franchise looks like, what a legitimate playoff coach looks like, and what a legitimate MVP candidate and playoff quarterback looks like. And they're going to handle the Cleveland Browns in their own building. Yep, and all right, here we go. Seattle's going to win. Let's get that out of the way. Um, Now we talk about the Browns, and I'm very happy to talk about the Browns, and this is one of the things I was most excited to come back on the show about because last year I was big on the Browns. I was riding them hard, especially towards the end of the year after they picked up Freddie Kitchens and Jarvis Landry started playing better, picked up Chubb in fantasy. He was looking great. Um, They were one of my favorite teams last year. Um, Over the offseason hype, through the roof, way too much. I, I wasn't. I, I talked to you guys in the group chat. I said this was the first week that I'm actually on Cleveland. Like I was wary about them in the start. Uh, I don't want to act like I'm Colin Coward or something, but like I kind of, you know, was a little skeptical just because the main thing that I was most skeptical about. Obviously, everyone knew the offensive line, but I was also thinking, you know, maybe we should just pump the brakes on Baker Mayfield a little bit because he looked good last year, but he still threw 14 picks in 14 games. 
Um, and we were kind of just all assuming that he was going to take some sort of leap this year and be an elite quarterback. And I'll admit that I thought that, like, I, I predicted the Browns to go about, like, 9-7, and 10-6. I thought they were going to make the playoffs. But right now, after being on the Browns for the first time this year, like, pretty heavy um, against the 49ers, I'm absolutely sick. I'm done with this team. Um, and I'm sick of Baker Mayfield. And what I was uh, thinking to myself while watching um, Baker this past uh, week was that this is one of the worst performances I have ever seen a quarterback have in my life. And I watched the Tim Tebow 2-for-8, 69-yard game, but he won that. And when I said to myself, this is the worst performance I've ever seen a quarterback have, easily this year, maybe ever, I thought to myself that I, right now, for what has happened in the 2019 NFL season, if you tell me that tomorrow um, I got a big Sunday night game against the Rams, I got a big game against the Packers, against the Patriots, against an elite NFL team, I'm picking Mitch Trubisky as my quarterback over Baker Mayfield. I am done with this guy. Oh, my goodness. I am done with this that's guy. A, that's an exclamation point if I've ever heard that. For me to say that, oh, my God. I still got Trubisky as, like, my, you know, 28th worst quarterback in the league. But I'm taking him over Mayfield right now. I'm taking him over Mar- Mariota right now. I, I've seen enough of Baker. I watch all, every Browns game. The second he feels pressure, he just runs to the right and throws a pick. It's gross. I'm done with it. So I'm taking the Seahawks easily, and uh, I'm gonna. I hope you guys appreciate that Trubisky take because that took a lot out of me. Because you know I hate Trubisky. That was be- a beautiful thing to watch live, Dolan. I'll just thank I'll just you. Be the first one to thank say you. that. Tommy, you want to well, go ahead? Is Klepp, is, Klepp, is Klepp still in here? We've we've had a nice little rotation. Yeah, Klepp. Oh, I, Klepp's I can still go. In here. Is it Klepp? Oh for yeah, you? it's okay. I I can go. Um, go ahead. I mean, yeah, I mean, I picked the Browns to win this division, man, and it's been really uh, disheartening to see how this, this season has, has rolled out. And it's not even the offensive line, really, and the, the kind of the shortcomings that they, they've had. It, to me, it kind of starts with, with the coaching, man, and I just, I just am forced to believe that Freddie Kitchens is not a head football coach and not really a CEO and not really a boss that's going to get on these guys. And I think that's what they, this team really needs. When it mm-hmm. comes to, you know, uh, forming all that talent, I'll disagree with both of your guys. You know, hot hot takes. Mike McCarthy. <laughs> <laughs> I I think I mean, man, I think Bring Jim Schwartz or, so, or like, you know, like just a guy like that would be would Ooh, be a good. God, that's a Kim Caldwell. Kim Caldwell. I just actually get a guy. He demands respect out of his players. Jim Schwartz. I mean, I, maybe I, I'm not too much of a Lions fan to have an opinion on this, but I, I mean, I thought Jim Schwartz was a, like a pretty good coach. He he brought the Call team a better. certain floor. I think that he would help that defense out a lot. But again, I mean, in short, I'm on the Seahawks. But to 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 quote on the the Mayfield and the Miles Garrett thing, uh, I still think you can't call Miles Garrett overrated if he's going to get you twelve flags after twelve flags to fifteen after flags sacks, and he doesn't defend the run. Yeah, but pass rushing is so valuable that if he's going to get you twelve to fifteen sacks, and that's I think granted, he's I think he's gotten at least. Uh, 12 and, and both of maybe it was 8 12 last year. I'm not saying he's not good. Well, I'm saying people overrated. have anointed him as a Khalil Mack and as an Aaron Donald, and he's not yeah, in that well, category. He's, he's not in he's, that category, which means he's overrated. People are rating him higher than he should be rated. Right, well, he has yet to prove that he's as, as impactful as a player as Khalil Mack yeah, or Aaron well, Donald. He's not in the defensive it, it, player. It's been potential, but I, I, generally he's not overrated. I'm just no, tired feel- of it. Everyone's talking about all offseason. They talk about the Browns, the Browns, the Browns, the Browns. Yep. All season, they're still talking about the talent the Browns have, and I've yet to see it. 
This is a GQ team. Yeah. <gasps> this is a GQ team. And I'll go as far as to say I watched Colin Coward yesterday. They, if they can get rid of OBJ and trade him, they should do that. Wow. Because it's not working, and they need to do it sooner than later. Clap. I'm just along for the ride. I'm on the Seahawks, and I'm just waiting until we preview that Monday night game, baby. Oh, yep. Clef's just Clef's still in full business mode, man. He's been meditating this whole time Clef. while also listening and having a conversation. He's doing all three at the same time. Let's move. Clef, you, ta you taking Baker or Trubisky? Yeah, that, a Baker. That's, that's obviously silly. And, and imagine Baker, yeah. Trubisky is. One more take. Imagine Baker Mayfield and Matt Nagy system. I think that would be like that's the type of infrastructure that the Browns team needs. You can't just have Freddie Gunho Kitchens, you know, farting in the locker room and, and, and <laughs> just trying to, you know. You know your offense is a joke when you're running a wide receiver pass in yeah, the first play of the game. Seriously, that's true. Tr Trubisky's a dual threat. He's got 20 rushing yards on the year. That's all I'll say. I also want to say. The Clep, and I'll, I'll Clep, this was your original point. The Monday Night Football booth, guys, Booger, and it's awful. Oh, it's terrible. Oh, no. It's night and day from NBC. And, again, this is the same point Booger said. OBJ dropped a pass that was a little bit high. He had both of his hands on it. If you're an NFL receiver, specifically Odell Beckham Jr., uh, uh, an elite, quote-unquote, NFL receiver, and you get two hands on a ball – it's not a drop. It never should be a drop, period, end of story. You should not ever blame that on Baker mm -hmm. throwing the ball too high. The receiver got two hands on it, Booger. That should be a catch, period. Yeah. Um, let's move forward to what I think is the most exciting game on the Sunday slate. I agree. This weekend, and that is the Philadelphia Eagles traveling to Minnesota to play the Vikings, who have kind of looked like a Jekyll and Hyde team that will dominate inferior competition. And then once they get a taste of that competition that, uh, of a team that could be sniffing the playoffs, things kind of fall apart. And, the, and, and, and when the training wheels come off, Kirk Cousins doesn't trust his reads and can't really sling it. So this is a spot where the Vikings coming off, you know, a confidence builder of a win where they kind of slung it around the yard and handled the Giants um, in their building. Uh, coming back home to Minnesota, this is a spot that I'm super interested in. The line is a three-point favorite for the Minnesota Vikings. I have no idea where I'm going to land on this game. I will 100% not be betting on it. But seeing as the Minnesota Vikings are my Super Bowl pick, I have faith that this last week was a sign for the better, although the Giants' secondary isn't great. I don't think the Eagles' secondary is that great. I think it's below average. And I think that this Vikings team is going to be able to run the ball like they usually do with Dalvin Cook and move the chains, and it's going to be a close game in the fourth quarter. But ultimately, this Vikings defense will get them over the hump and they will be able to save face at home and ultimately assert themselves as a playoff contender in a tough and muddy NFC. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm with you, Lee. I'm really excited for this game, and I think it's going to be a good one. Um, Carson Wentz, he kind of just tends to sort of play those like close games where they're sort of dogging at each other in the fourth. And, you know, there's always a chance for a game-winning drive, so hopefully we'll get that in this one. Uh, I'm going to roll with the Vikings in this one. Um, you know, I'm not fully on the Vikings hate train yet. I'm going to have to wait for the Lions to have a game with them first. But obviously, um, uh, Dalvin Cook's been unbelievable. Don't really need to talk about him. He's kind of, he's, we talked about McCaffrey earlier and how Cook is sort of in that, at this point in the season, he's in that sort of like granted, you know, 100 yards touchdown, five catches, 50 receiving yards. Like he, he's just been unreal. Um, you know, the thing that really matters for the Vikings is Kirk Cousins. And I know that last week was against the Giants defense, and it was, uh, which <laughs> obviously isn't good as the Giants. But like you said, Lee, the Eagles defense isn't that good either. And while it's not the, you know, 
ransacked secondary of last season where everyone was hurt. They still do have injuries in the secondary. Um, I know Rodney McLeod might not be playing, and I think they had one other guy who wasn't going to play. But um, I, I do like the Vikings in this, and that's because um, – they're playing at home, and Kirk showed me enough on the road yesterday. You're right that he does not uh, tend to choke in big games, so I could see like a close Eagles victory. But um, after seeing him kind of get Thielen involved last week, and hopefully he can start getting Diggs involved, um, just sling the ball, Kirk. We've seen you throw uh, the ball all over the field ever since you were given your first shot in Washington. Obviously, since he was at Michigan State, he was you know a good, capable quarterback. He's capable of airing the ball around the field. I just saw zero confidence out of him the first four weeks. Saw some confidence out of him last week. So let's hope uh, I'm picking them to keep it rolling. I'm not going to say let's hope because it's the Vikings, but I think they're going to keep it rolling, and I'm taking them. Just like last week was a classic hype spot for the Vikings, this is a classic fade spot. I'm going right back to fading the Vikings. If I didn't have my impromptu risky survivor on the Dolphins, the Eagles are my for sure risky survivor. Uh, I just think they're a better team that's starting to round into form. they got a better quarterback. Uh, the defense, you know, the secondary is not that good, but the pass rush, I think, is pretty good, and the Vikings' offensive line is awful. I think that's a clear advantage for the Eagles. Uh, and they, I just think they're a better team who has had a little bit of a turbulent start to the year, but this team is still awesome and, and, and I think is an elite team in the NFL. And I think this is where you see the deficiencies with Kirk Cousins when he's going up against this type of, you know, this type of talent and this type of a potential shootout. Um, so I just am not really thinking too much. I just initially, you know, my gut feeling is just all Eagles. Um, so I'm with the Eagles, man. It's a tough one to pick. It's a t- I don't know. Yeah, I really think I it's going to be close. Comes, for me, it comes down to Wentz yeah, versus Cousins. Yeah, on Eagle, Eagles Island with and, me. I knew it. And, and yeah, I'll, I'll join with the Eagles here. It's just Kirk Cousins will beat teams that he's better than, such as the Raiders and the Giants, and he'll lose to teams that are better than him, such as the Eagles and the uh, Bears on the defensive side of the ball. And so I just think that Jim Schwartz is going to heat it up a little bit for him. It's going to get hot in the kitchen. It's, it's going to be a tough time for Kirk. I know I know Dolan's on the Kirk stock rising <laughs> Just train, for this week, but, man, just for this week. It's because he's home. But uh, I just think the Eagles are, are, are a pretty good team and uh, will ultimately come out on top in this one. Yeah, it's tough to deny that the Eagles have kind of found their groove too and have definitely come to a point where they're getting into that flow of their season where they're really looking similar week after week and they're putting up a lot of points so again and I mean not, I know they played the Jets last week but it's like you just hang you just hung up what 31 on them and it's yeah they just they and just they, take care they, of business it's like yeah, it's absolutely. what they slept walk through that game too they they really you know were absolutely. not they were kind of going through the motions and still managed to put up 31 but definitely a, a big test and if the Vikings uh, win convincingly, convincingly, or if uh, Kirk Cousins can can manage to outduel Carson Wentz, uh, you know, I, I definitely will give them props. Yeah, let's move forward to uh, what I think is the second most exciting game on this Sunday slate, which is first for me. I think actually, this is MVP contending quarterback Deshaun Watson and his Houston Texans coming off a, a game in which they laid, I want to say, 56 points on the Atlanta Falcons, traveling to Kansas City. To play the Kansas City Chiefs coming off a primetime home stint where for the first time in the existence of Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, they didn't look like Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs after, you know, that first drive where Mahomes was classically being a magician. Uh, I think this is going to be a a game with a lot of fireworks. I think both secondaries are below average and are going to get exposed by gunslinging MVP candidate quarterbacks. 
And I think this is a shootout where ultimately the Kansas City Chiefs are going to go back to doing what they do. This is not a team, although I do love the Houston Texans, I think they're a playoff team this year. Uh, I don't think this is a Kansas City Chiefs team that, that is going to lose two games in, the row, in a row, nonetheless two games at home in a row. Um, so I like the Chiefs to kind of save face. I think Mahomes' ankle is fine. And I think ultimately this is going to be a game where both teams are going to be scoring in the 30s plus, and Mahomes is going to lead a game-winning drive or something of that nature, and the Chiefs are ultimately going to take care of business against the Houston Texans. But we may be seeing a playoff rematch down the road. Now, for this game, uh, and I, I think, Lee, you might agree with me on this. I hope you will. Uh, Klepp, let me uh, make up for what ESPN did and say that this is the new Brady versus Manning. Absolutely, Dolan. This is the new Absolutely. Brady versus Manning. I, I've talked yep. about two of these guys, both these guys every time I come on. I love watching these guys play football. It's unbelievable. Lamar can't sniff either of these guys' jock straps, <laughs> in my opinion. I'll uh, put that down right there. They're, he's not even nearly even no, close to the no. league that either of these guys are as efficient passers. And he may be getting there one day, but these guys are eons ahead of where Lamar, Baker, Darnold, you name it, any of those guys really are right Absolutely. Now. Yeah, the, Deshaun Watson last week had the first uh, perfect passer rating of his NFL career. Uh, and, and the Texans this week are going to be my risky survivor. Wow. I'm going I'm, I'm to pick them going wow. into KC because, you know what, Matt Patricia got the book out yep. on this Kansas City team. All right. Man coverage. And, and the, the, the Indianapolis Colts just followed it right up, and the, and the Houston Texans are coming into Arrowhead and putting the kibosh on all this uh, Mahomes hype, baby. I would love to see it. I would love to see it. Here, I want to. I'm going to give my uh, my pick for this game. Uh, obviously, I love. I got uh, Watson in the BJP league. I love him, but I am going to go with the Chiefs, and here's why. Being a Watson owner, you get to observe some trends in his play, and here's how uh, his season's gone so far. I'm doing this from memory. Like I was looking at it the other day, and it was crazy. Thirty points week one, ten points week two, thirty-five week three, ten points week four. 40 points week five, and here comes week six in Arrowhead, a place where the Chiefs were previously, with the exception of the Patriots, pretty much unbeatable. Even when they had Alex Smith, they were almost unbeatable there. And to lose to a team like the Colts, who, I mean, like I, I'm probably disrespecting them a little bit and not giving Brissett enough credit because I kind of wrote them off as soon as Andrew Luck retired. But they were 11-point favorites in that game. That was shocking for them to lose. So I'm going to take the Chiefs to rebound. Um, and uh, win this game. Hopefully, like like you said, Clap, the, the book is out on the Chiefs, though, and that man coverage that the Lions ran, ran against them. Just like we exposed the Rams last year, we might have exposed the Chiefs, so we'll see. Yeah, this game is surely, I think, going to be fireworks, and I think it's going to be awesome. Um, any word? Do you guys know if Tyree Kill is playing? I know that he is... Uh... I think he's back in the loop. I don't know if he's playing though. I don't because I think he's off of IR in terms of fantasy, but I don't know. He's questionable. Off gut, he's playing. Okay. Wow. Off gut, I don't know. He's going to play. I don't I mean, know if he's going to play. I think that's a huge X factor for them, just because we haven't been able to really, you know, this offense has been great without him, but we forget that he is just such a huge part of that offense, and especially with guys like Sammy Watkins making them go, and and you know, new guys like Demarcus Robinson and, and Mecole go. Um, I am leaning Chiefs in this game, but as someone who Teased the Chiefs down last week and were the last leg of my parlay to win some significant amount of money. And I thought that that game was in hand the whole game and just brutally watched it just run through my fingertips like some sand. Um, this Chiefs team, if you can, I, I'm going to be really interested to see what they do in terms of running the ball. I mean, they've had Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson, but the past two weeks with Carrion Johnson and Marlon Mack, 
this this defense has been a literal sieve, um, you know, on first down where the running back is getting anywhere from seven to nine yards, and they're giving the doesn't matter. It's an NFL team. You're giving an NFL team second and three to second and one. That's just you're not going to win football games like that. So I am leaning Chiefs just because I think hopefully they've had a bit of a wake-up call, and I don't think that the Texans are, I mean, outside of Deshaun Watson and, and Nuke, but really Deshaun makes that team go. I think this defense is really going to be susceptible to the Chiefs' you know, offense and how explosive they can be. So I am uh, leaning Chiefs in short, but I definitely think that this is going to be a really good game, and, and I'm tempted to, to bet on the, the, the Texans on the spread just because I think it's going to be a close game. Falcons? Uh, Falcons. Moving forward, uh, I'm, picking Flav, I'm going to kind of put you on the I'm spot here a little bit. And aside <laughs> Give me the dirty bird. We're going to go to the toaster here with, with the put Atlanta on the spot, Falcons please. traveling to Arizona. Oh, you're picking them. He's let's picking say, them. Let's say, obviously, let, let, I, listen, listen, forget even this week, Clap. I just kind of want to give you, you to give us a little bit of a rundown of kind of where your head is at. Obviously, all of us agreed with you in one way or another. Maybe not all of us had him in the Super Bowl, but all of us kind of thought that the Atlanta Falcons would be in the mix of things, at least for the playoffs. Starting off the season one and four, listless and uncompetitive, not a lot to be excited about. Uh, traveling to the toaster, what, what's kind of your analysis of the Falcons thus far, Clip? I mean, to say they've been disappointing is... I, I, frankly, they just haven't recovered from their Super Bowl loss. Is is my is is my mm. ultimate, you know, analysis. They their defense is just really really bad, um, and they're they're just soft. They can't force any turnovers. They they can't get off the field on third downs. It's just I, I don't. I just thought that the season was going to turn around for them after that Eagles game at home. You know, that's a good Eagles team that they beat. They won in a good way. That for the week one Vikings game, they just got off to an awful start with a bad punt uh, block and just giving up some points early. And it's just really been completely downhill. I mean, to give up 53 points, I know it's the modern NFL, but that's just terrible. That's just absolutely terrible. I think Dan Quinn, it's just been unfortunate. I just don't know how good of a coach he is. I think uh, he kind of rode Kyle Shanahan. I think it's just more apparent than ever that he really just rode Kyle Shanahan to that Super Bowl appearance. And, you know, he took the reins of this defense this year. This defense is totally on him now for the first time um, as he's been a coach in Atlanta, and it hasn't worked out at all. So, uh, you know, Dirk Cutter still can't quite figure out how to run the ball effectively. I thought that that would be a good marriage to get bringing him back and just, you know, although it's changing offensive coordinators, it's still some familiarity, so Matt Ryan didn't have to learn an entire new system. But, I mean, the offense really isn't the, isn't the biggest issue on this team. I mean, they put up, uh, you know, 24 points, over 24 points in all their games except week one. So it, it's just it's been disappointing to watch. But um, I'm officially out on, on the Falcons. It's It's over for them. Uh, it's unfortunate that they uh, weren't able to make my prophecy come true. I spent a lot of time thinking about them on a, on a bus in Vietnam, and it's, it's all for naught. But uh, I think they're going to get a win in the toaster this weekend. I'm back on them, baby. Uh, well, yeah. I, boys, I, um, I, I also have to say that I am a recovering Atlanta Falcons addict. Um, not as high, uh, not as much as Klepp is. I didn't have them winning the Super Bowl, but I did have them winning uh, the NFC South pretty easily. Um, so, with that being said, my risky survivor this week, based 100% solely on Falcons hate, 
is the Arizona Cardinals. They're going to win this game wow. easily. And probably, wow. It's going to be a shootout. Risky Survivor on the over, too. This game is going to be... I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if this is a 63-60 to 60 overtime game with how bad that uh, Falcons defense is. Uh, last thing on the Falcons also, Devontae Freeman sucks. Uh, he's overrated. Uh, the guy gets, like, I think, like, three yards a carry or something. He's, like, 5'8". That's why he was injured all last year. He sucks. Um, and uh, so this is also, um, since I haven't been on it in a while, uh, I have a time to talk about Kyler a little bit. And I know uh, the, the Murray brothers were big on the – the uh, third Murray brother, Kyler. You guys are huge Kyler guys. So I, I just kind of wanted to say that I, uh, you know, I doubted him before the season. Obviously, the, the record for the Cardinals isn't fantastic, but I have liked what I've seen out of Kyler, both throwing the ball and running, uh, especially running the last couple games, not as much so in the first couple. But um, the, the thing about the Kingsbury offense that kind of interests me is it's really just like grind it out. You know, they talk about air raid and all this stuff, but it's a lot of like these flat routes and sort of just like short passing uh, plays that by the time you get to the fourth quarter, that defense is tired out because they have to, you know, face Kyler Murray for like 70 or 80 plays a game. And that, that really tires out a defense. And given how much of a sieve the Falcons defense is, it's absolutely terrible. The only, but like Vic Beasley used to be a huge fan of him. He's been, he's been absolutely terrible the last three years. Uh, the only good player on uh, the Falcons defense is Keanu Neal. And he busts his ass so hard that he gets hurt like almost every game. So I'm easily taking the Cardinals. Uh, this risky survivor, lock it in. Wow. Wow. I'm done. Tony, you want to go ahead or do you want to let me roll go with this ahead, Go ahead. I just want to preface this by saying I've loved what I've seen thus far from Kyler Murray and from even the Arizona Cardinals. I think that the way they came back week one, obviously being a Lions fan, it was tough to watch, but this team has got a lot of fight. But I still will say, man, this team's inability to convert their red zone possessions into touchdowns will bite them in the ass every single game. And until Cliff Kingsbury, although he can drive the ball down the field with his play calling, until he can start calling efficient red zone plays and converting those red zone drives into six and seven points, this team will not be winning any games fast. Um, I think that this is a get-it-right spot for the Atlanta Falcons. Although I did draft the Arizona Cardinals in Winspool, and I do love Kyler Murray. I love his future. I don't think that this is a spot where the Arizona Cardinals are going to win. I'm going to stay away from it, but in a pick I'm taking the Atlanta Falcons. I, I would love to see the Cardinals win, but I don't trust this team to convert in the red zone. I think that they're going to have to score off of big splash plays, which is not something that they've proven they can do this year. And at home, uh, I like the fact that it may, it may be a close game, but coming off an embarrassing defensive outing, I don't think the Atlanta Falcons are going to proved to be as much of a sieve as we all may think they are. You know, they are an NFL team after all. So I like them to kind of get it right this week, maybe hold the Cardinals to under 24 points and get back on track with their second one of the year in Arizona versus a team that they ultimately are better than, in my opinion. So, But I do really want to underline this whole thing by saying the Arizona Cardinals are a few touchdowns in the red zone away from being right in the thick of things in that division, quite honestly. So I think until they can really figure out their red zone execution – this team is going to continue to be a uh, you know a bottom ten team. That's the best division in football right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it definitely looks like it. Um, 
I uh, I really don't know what to think about this game. I got the under. I mean, the over already. So I'm, that's kind of where I am more leaning in terms of a, a, of a gambling uh, lead. But I've just been so disappointed by the Falcons this year. And, Lee, you're completely right that they, the Cardinals have really been bad in the, in the red zone, and that kind of has been the difference in between them being a competitive team this year and what they currently are. But the Falcons are another team that is awful in the red zone, I think, too, despite having Julio Jones. This team, uh, you know, I think just uh, there's a disconnect. And, and like you said, Adam, they, they, the biggest mistake they made was was letting Kyle Shanahan go, I think. They, he obviously was the the – X factor for that team that whole 2016 year when they were the best team in football, uh, really. And Matt Ryan had his MVP year, and they've been on a you know a consistent decline since. And you know Dan Quinn is is definitely a part of it, and and but really it's their offense because that's what what drove them uh, when they had all their success. So I. Uh, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if the Falcons won this game, but I'm I'm fading them just because I hate them right now, man. And they they, <laughs> they cost me eighty dollars on that that preseason playoff prop, and um, I'm just gonna go with the Cardinals because I think they have a a better quarterback and more mojo right now. So, go Cards. Yep, that's what I'm thinking. Um, and let's move forward to another divisional matchup where arguably the hottest team in the NFL right now, the San Francisco 49ers, are traveling to LA to play the Rams, a team. I don't know when the last time the Rams lost two games in a row was, but on the foot of, of, of Greg Zerling, very surprising that they lost that game in Seattle. Really fun game to watch. The last two Thursday games have been awesome. Um, I'm going to start this off by saying that this is a spot where I'm very confident in the L.A. Rams. And also, I will, I will back that up by saying if the San Francisco 49ers win this game, I am done slandering them whatsoever, and, you know, all the preseason takes are out there. So, Richard Sherman, if you listen to this podcast, I am indeed, you know, a, a pigeon, and everything I said was wrong. I'm not trying to flip-flop on anybody, but this is the San Francisco 49ers team that has been impressive thus far, but really doesn't have a win on their schedule that has impressed me very much as of yet. They wiped the floor with the Cleveland Browns at home, coming off a bye last week. I think there's more that goes into that than them just winning that game. Obviously, it was a nearly flawlessly offensively called game by Kyle Shanahan, but you got the Rams at home, long week coming off the Thursday game, hungry as ever, losing two games in a row, and I think McVay is going to have a little bit of a chip kind of reminding people why he is the offensive savant that he is and that Kyle Shanahan won't be taking his spot anytime soon uh, in terms of being the offensive savant and the wonder kid, if you will, of the NFL um, I don't think three points is enough. I think this is by far the hardest team on the uh, San Francisco 49ers schedule thus far. And, I, and I, I'm very confident that the 49ers will come back down to earth this year. And the LA Rams will move the ball efficiently against them. And ultimately, I'll probably be playing the Rams minus three this weekend. I like the Rams by a touchdown in this spot at home. Um, I know, Tommy, you've been pretty big on the 49ers recently. And I'll give you, you know, a tip of the cap. I texted Adam during the game. Do you think the 49ers will win five more games this year? And I kind of agree with him. I mean, it's hard to say they won't. They play the Cardinals twice, and they've proven to be kind of one of the better teams in the NFL this year thus far. So got to give credit where it's due, obviously, but this is a spot where I kind of see the division evening out a bit and becoming a real horse race getting into the thick of things this year. I like the Rams by a touchdown. I kind of like the Niners in this one. 
Um, and I think that we've started to see the the Rams. Get, I mean, Lee, you can say that you know maybe the 49ers aren't that great of a team, but I think you can also say the same thing about the Rams. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they beat the Browns 20 to 13 in a game that they was way too close. I mean, they got crushed by the Buccaneers at home 55 to 40, and then they lost a game to the Seahawks, and that they another one that they should have won. I I don't think that this team is as strong as they have been in years past. I think that Goff isn't exactly uh, you know being. I don't. I mean, he's always been somewhat of a system guy. McVay has always kind of been able to guide him just because of his arm talent, but it. it, it at the end of the day, he, he throws picks at, in the fourth quarter. He's been doing that recently. And I think the 49ers have a lot of momentum. I don't think this game being in L.A. matters that much. I don't think that's a very big home field advantage. And I think the 49ers fans might equal out Rams fans in this one. So uh, I, I like the 49ers in this you know, one. Boys, looking at this game, for me, it's uh, as soon as I look at it, it's no-brainer Rams. Um, but when like looking into it a little bit more, uh, I sort of start to realize why there are some questions there. Uh, I was big on the Rams all year last year. You guys know that. They were my Super Bowl winner pick last year, and they came within a game of doing it. Um, have looked a little bit different so far this year, and I'll get to that. But this also goes with, uh, Lee, I know you agree with me, and I, I, I've talked to you guys about it all offseason so far this season. Never been on the 49ers uh, bandwagon. Um, ever since uh, Jimmy G like purposely tried to give away the game against the Lions last year, um, after that shove, the LeGarrette Blunt shove, we, we were down 20 with 10 minutes left, and he threw a game-losing pick six that got called back for some holding call on the opposite end of the field. I know Clep knows what I'm talking about, Tracy Walker. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Tracy, Wa- Tracy Walker awful. had the pick, and then, yeah, it was Quadra terrible. Davis. We should have we won that game. Um, and wow. I, I just I was not impressed with him last year. So far this year, he's kind of just looked like a serviceable QB. So that's why I've never been on the Niners bandwagon. I think I'm with Lee in that they're going to come crashing down to earth sometime this year. But I'm also worried about the Rams because of one thing, one thing only. That's the run game. What the hell's going on with Todd Gurley? Um, Jared Goff is on track to shatter Stafford's uh, passing attempt record from 2012 where he threw like 760 passes. Like Jared Goff's already towards 230 right now through only five games. They're simply just airing the ball out like a little too much. Like I don't know if McVay or management is still worried about Gurley's knee and all that. He's had really chronic injury issues. I'm sure that's what it is. But whether it's getting Daryl Henderson more involved, he hasn't even, I don't I think he's gotten maybe one carry this year. Whether it's getting Malcolm Brown more involved, but just like they can't be just throwing the ball, you know, 50 times a game. So if they can get just like an inkling of a running game in this, I love the Rams. So I'm going to go with the Rams. Yeah, there's this. This is a really. Uh, this is just an awesome slate, man. And the more that we've been talking about it, there's just a lot of good games on the slate. And this, this is a really good game, man. Um, so there, I think there's a couple things to address here. Um, I, you know, like my initial reaction is the Rams in a get-right spot, just because I think the the lack of teams that the the lack of good teams that the Niners have played is, uh, you know, completely valid criticism, even though you know it's something they can't really control. Um, I think Kyle Shanahan has been a better coach than Sean McVay this year. I think Kyle Shanahan is having an unreal year this year in terms of play calling and what they have been doing, albeit against, you know, teams that aren't really as good. But, you know, this is a a game that they really have a test in. And, um, you know, I, I think these teams are pretty evenly matched. I think 
Adam, your criticisms of the Rams, I think, are completely valid, and they have been, they have looked to have, you know, been on a little bit of a decline this year. Dolan, what you're talking about with the running game, I think that Gurley's knee has to be significantly messed up. I saw Chris Carter, Chris Carter talking about it, saying that he saw him at at training camp or something, and he was just saying his initial reaction is that doesn't you having nerve damage or arthritis in your knee when you're 25 that just doesn't get better. That's not something that it's not good, man. And the, and the fact that he's only getting at, I think the most carries he's had in the game this year is like 14. They're obviously trying to preserve him, but like you said, Dolan, they can't really run the ball. Um, I'm really unsure about this game, man. I, I think I'm leaning towards the Rams just because this is a, a almost a must-win for them in a division where Seattle is really taking off. We think they're going to win against the, the Browns this week. And the 49ers are undefeated, and they go to play Washington next week, which I think should be an easy win for them uh, in Kyle Shanahan's homecoming game. So uh, I'm leaning Rams. I don't have a lot of confidence in it. I'm just more excited to, to watch this game, and I hope that my, uh, my adopted 49ers pull out a win. We should uh, skip over these next three games. Uh, yeah, I, I was I was just looking I was I was just looking at this Broncos Titans. I was gonna say like I think these are my two least favorite teams in the league. So he, yeah. here's my pick for Broncos Titans. All right, Titans are gonna be up 17-0 in the fourth quarter, and um, Vic Fangio is gonna bench Joe Flacco. They're gonna bring in Drew Locke. Drew Locke's gonna get two quick touchdowns and a field goal. Mariota's going to fumble when he's trying to get a game-winning field goal drive. Drew Locke gets it back, drives down the field. Brandon McManus, game-winning field goal as time expires. Go Broncos. Go Drew Locke. It's his time now. Drew Locke's a sieve and will never do that in his life. That's one thing we got to get out of the way really quickly. Club, I'm totally cool with skipping over these games, but I'm going to real quickly say, I'm going to real quickly say something. I'm 4-1 and one in Risky Survivor, and there's one reason for that, and that's because the Pittsburgh Steelers fumbled and it's your, your dear little San Francisco 49ers in the Bay. Mason Rudolph, they had that win sealed up, and he fumbled. And I'm going back to the well. I'm going back to the well with Risky Survivor. The Pittsburgh Steelers are going to go into L.A., oh. and they're going to beat the Chargers this week. Oh, my God. Their defense is, is very adequate. And I just think that this is a Steelers team that they're still hungry, man. They're still playing for something. They know that they gave away their first-round pick. I'm not going to die on the hill and say they're a playoff team, but they're going to be in a lot of games. I think they've got a solid defense. And I think this Chargers team is a mess, man. I think they're an absolute mess. They just put Pouncey on IR for the rest of the year. They've got a shill of an offensive line. Phillip Rivers looks awful. Eckler's better than Melvin Gordon, but yet they're trying to implement Gordon into Eckler's role for some reason. I think that their defense is overrated, and this is a Steelers team that's that, that I think is hungry, and that it's going to be a little. They're gonna, we're going to see a little bit of fireworks on Sunday night, and I, I'm going back to the well with the risky survivor taking the six and a half point dog in the Pittsburgh Steelers, um, and I really want to quick quickly shout out Paul Zeese, writer for the uh, Pittsburgh Post Gazette. A few reasons why the Steelers might not be finished. <laughs> Good article. Go check. Go check that article out. I think this is a team that is going to fight, and Devin Bush, baby, keep leading. Lee, I got to ask, like, dude, how much do you hate Ben Roethlisberger? Because last year, all you were ever saying is, like, oh, my God, the Steelers are done. Like, the franchise, like, the franchise is over. They're imploding. <laughs> Devin Bush. Yeah? Getting rid of Antonio Brown. Getting rid of Avion Bell. They got the personalities out of the locker room. And those guys. One and four.
Tommy, where will you be at if the Cowboys lose the Jets this weekend? Man. <laughs> I mean, Darnold's, yeah, Darnold is coming back. Uh, I, I mean, I just will be kind of depressed, man. I mean, this, this team has been on a steady decline, and and it really they've played good teams, and, and they're starting to lose, and their offense looks really bad, man. The offense looks bad. Dak doesn't look as sharp. Um, Zeke doesn't look as sharp. Tyron Smith is out. I mean, the team – and then uh, the big takeaway for me against the Packers, man, was just the point of attack. They're getting right – they're run down their throat on every single, you know, darn play. So – I just the Cowboys are in a little bit of a free fall now after I thought I was in the clear, but it looks like we're back to last year's inconsistencies where they're going to lose to the Titans one week and then come back the next week, um, you know, and beat the Eagles. So I, I really don't know what to think about this Cowboys team. This obviously is a spot where they should win, um, but you know, I, I I don't really know what to think. I, I and you know from the Jets perspective, this is kind of a huge game for them. They've been awful this year. They've been unlucky with the with the Darnold and, and the injuries they had to the to Avery Williamson. But, you know, this is a big prove-it spot, I think, for Adam Gase for them to, to stay in the game and not just be a doormat. So that's where I'm at. I think for the Cowboys this year, like, because I've been on them to start the year and, like, it's been disappointing the past couple of weeks. I think maybe for them we might be looking at, you know, another problem. Like, I, I kind of expected them to sort of take that leap and go maybe 12-4 and four this year. Looks like it might just be, you know, 9-7, and 10-6. and six. Still can make the playoffs, but I don't know if they're that, you know, NFL's elite team right now. Any other uh, – I mean, I guess I'll just say about the Titans-Broncos game that uh, I'm picking the Titans. I think they're, they're going to win, but, you know, it, I'll be watching the Cowboys game, so. All right, let's make our money clap. Monday Night Football. Lambo. Unfortunately, I don't. I don't like Joe Testatore and Booger McFarland. Might have to turn this one off and listen to Dan Miller and Lomas Brown give it to me on the Lions radio. But uh, oh yeah, I mean you can't under. I, I I tweeted this out last night. You can't understate the importance of this football game for the Detroit Lions and the NFC North race. If you lose this game, you go to two two and one. And you fall three wins behind the Packers, who would be five and one and have a win over you, and would be hypothetically rolling. Um, Devonta Adams is questionable for this game. My gut says he plays, um, but at the same time, the only lion currently held out of practice is Mike Daniels. But I also have a gut feeling that he uh, plays as well. Oh, in his yeah. revenge game and a presser this week, he called it that place in Wisconsin. So there's no love lost between Mike Daniels the and, the, and the Green Bay Packers. So I think that I think the Lions have a really good chance to win this game. I, I really do. I think the Lions are beating good teams. They beat the Eagles, the Chargers. While I think they're struggling a little bit, they're they have talent on that roster. They played the Chiefs really tight at home. Unfortunately, they couldn't pull it out, and they they should have won that game. And I'm not gonna hand out lollipops to the team for for losing a game because I was it, it was kind of upsetting me how the first two wins there against the Eagles and the Chargers. It's like. Oh, well, they're just catching these breaks. They're getting really lucky. And then they play the Chiefs close and lose, and everyone is, like, anointing them. It just it doesn't really make any sense to me. Um, but I, I, I'm picking the Lions to win in Green Bay. I think that overall, I, I just think overall uh, on the roster, I think they're more talented than the Packers are. Uh, I think it's going to be interesting to see, uh, you know, LaFleur and Patricia go at it because they're two guys that I think – um, you know, have shown flashes but aren't necessarily proven yet in the NFL. Obviously, LeFleur is a rookie head coach, but 
still guys where people can question uh, their decision-making for sure. Uh, so, you know, we'll see. I, I think this is going to be uh, a close game, though, and should be really exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, boys, I, I'm going to keep my uh, Lions comments short because I said um, once we got into the bye week, I said uh, I, I was going to say less these next couple weeks and I was going to you know wait and let the play on the field do the talking because you guys know how I feel about this team. Everything they do gets me so damn excited. I just don't want to get my hopes up for that. Uh, looking at that, this game, though, uh, so far I'm 2-1-1 one, one, uh, picking the Lions. I'm going to pick them to win every single game and just accept the record I get, so I'm taking the Lions. Um, and all I'll say right now, I've said it to you guys about this team, is they've looked very dangerous so far this season. After the Eagles game, um, when a lot of my buddies like you know came up to me and started asking me about, like, what do you think about the Lions this year, I said, let's wait until after uh, that first game after the bye. Um, I said, if we're 3-1-1 one, one after that Monday night game after the bye, I believe in this team and we're for real. So, and that was after we lost to the, uh, or after we beat the Eagles. And I kind of, you know, assumed that we were going to beat the Chiefs. But like Klepp said, had a really good performance that we kind of got screwed out of. Had just like one of the, clo- like, like we talked about earlier, one of the closest fumbles. It was like a Dan Simon type play. Um, and, um, and shout out to home. A lot, a lot of people won't understand that, but we do. Um, and, uh, 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 really could have won that game, and I, I kind of chalked that up as a loss. And um, when assuming that, like, if they go three one and one, that I'd be all in on this team for this year. So after that, that uh, they really need to like letting that one slip through your fingers against. I still think the Chiefs are the best team in the NFL. Letting that slip through your fingers and uh, have it be chalked up in the loss column. We can't afford really to take another loss against Green Bay in the division right now. So I'm going to take us to win. Um, I'll eat my words next week. Um, if I have to, I'll still pick the Lions to win the next game, even if they lose every game that they ever uh, play. But um, I'm taking them to win, and I'm going to evaluate what happens after. If they win this game, then, oh, boy, the Kool-Aid's coming out. The Kool-Aid and is what, coming what, out. So I cannot wait for Monday One, one night. quick point before uh, the Murray bros jump in here. If the Packers win this game, it's huge for them because they're already 3-0 and in the division six games through the season. Um, I mean, and one win against each NFC North opponent. If they win this game, I think they're going to start. They might start running away with it, uh, with unless there's some unforeseen uh, losses. I still could. They can make. We could still make it in a wild card spot. I'm not going to. The Packers winning. I like. It's a little premature to talk about that, but the Packers winning the division. It's going to be. It's going to suck for us, but I don't know if it would completely write us off. The, the Lions have put themselves in a great position. They're coming off the bye. Um, I know the transitive property doesn't really work in the NFL, but the Lions beat the Eagles in Philly. The Eagles beat the Packers in Lambeau in a primetime spot. The Lions are going to Lambeau off the bye. I think the Lions are going to win this football game too. I just think that the Dallas Cowboys defense last week, their run defense was absolutely embarrassing. It was disgusting to watch. I think the Lions are going to shore up that defensive line a little bit more. I do not think Aaron Jones is going to be making one-tenth of the impact he did last week. And I think that the Lions are going to frustrate this Packers team in a myriad of ways. I obviously am not going to underestimate a very uh, righteous opponent in the Green Bay Packers, but I think the Packers are a team that may be a tiny bit overvalued this year. I think that um, although their defense has looked a lot better this year and the LaFleur-Rogers relationship seems to be working thus far, there are still a few kinks that have yet to be exposed. 
And I'll go ahead and say it, man. I trust Matt Patricia as a coach right now. I do. I think that schematically he's going to set up the Lions and put them in a position to win this game. I think the Lions have a veteran quarterback, just like the Packers do, who's played against this team multiple times. He's played in Lambeau multiple times. I don't think going there is as intimidating as it once was for this Lions group. And ultimately, Dolan, you said the Kool-Aid will be out if they win, as it should be. As it friggin' should be. And if they go into Lambeau and win this game, they are absolutely a playoff contender. They are absolutely a Super Bowl contender. And this is a team that I absolutely expect. <laughs> I, I absolutely expect the Lions to do this. I, I, I completely do. I think that they're, I think they're going to go into Lambeau and compete for four quarters. And if the game's close in the fourth quarter, I trust the Lions to win it. I think it's going to be a close game. It's a divisional matchup. But I cease to believe that the Lions are going to go back into the hole of mediocrity that they've been akin to going into in years past because I genuinely do believe that this year is different. And although, although the loss last week uh, you know, against the Chiefs was brutal to watch in Ford Field, I think this is a team that is poised, and Matt Stafford has got his nice little rest off the bye. Um, and I'm looking for this offense to be clicking on all cylinders and, like I said, play 60 minutes of good football, and I think the result will be in the Lions' favor. Yeah, I'm really excited for this game. I think this is going to be, uh, you know, the best Monday Night Football game that, that we've had after that stinker we had uh, yeah, two days ago that kind of had some hype uh, coming up. But I think, you know, uh, this game uh, is going to be huge. And the next two games for the Lions, man, uh, they, got, they play the Packers and they got the Vikings next week. I think if they win those two games, they completely control their own destiny and and really, I think, you know, should be the favorites to win the division. Um, you know, I think this, I think these are the two best teams in the division. I think, you know, the, the Lions have leapfrog the Vikings, in my opinion, because I think they have a better quarterback, and I think they might have a little bit more complete of a team right now. But this game is huge in my evaluation of the Lions and how I've been, you know, ever so slightly getting closer to that Lions fire, warming me up a little bit. But this game is huge. Um, the Packers are playing great football right now. They I think are the I think the Patriots, the Eagles and the Packers are the top three teams in the NFL right now. I think they all have kind of been the most consistent through the uh, these these first five weeks. Um, so I just think this is a huge spot for both teams. Klepp, like you said, if the if the Packers win this uh, game they'll go they'll at least split with all the teams in the division and that's just already gives them a huge advantage. And I am leaning the Packers despite the uh, Lions coming off the bye just at Lan at Lambeau. Have you picked the Lions once um, this year? I, I still think. No, I haven't. Hater. I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna stay. I, I I am a bit of a hater, but this is a huge spot for them because I think I will be picking them next week against the Minnesota, regardless of result. But this game will be uh, a huge, you know, test in my evaluation of them. So. I think uh, I'm the most confident I, person on this podcast right now. You yes. are. You are. You definitely are. I'm sick and tired of this mentality of being so fearful. That scares me. Of, of that scares me so much. And that's, that's a losing Ugh. mentality, in my opinion, Dolan. And I think that it, things have to change. The coin has to turn. Yeah. And we need to see frustration from the other side. We need to see Aaron Rodgers having frustration and miscommunications with him on the floor. And we need to see a similar ex exposing of their defense that we did on Thursday night with the Eagles. I don't think that that's a foreign thing for the Lions to do. I think they have the tools to do it. I think Galladay is a huge asset. I think Carrion's been great this year. The line is held up. Stafford is hopefully healthy. And the defense, I have somewhat of faith and belief in that they can at least 
hold the Packers in, in, in a way where it can be somewhat of a shootout. So, well, and, and this is another thing that I want to say, too, is... Don't let Lee and Murray I mean, and I get a hold of a car this summer, or this Monday. <laughs> don't, don't, don't let it happen. I think this is the best defense that the, that the Lions have played all year, too. So I think this is a huge spot for the Lions offense in the fact that you know, other than this, I guess the Eagles would probably be the best defense that they've played all year. So they, they have had – this is a Packers defense that I think is playing at a great clip right now. Zadarius Smith has been awesome. Jair Alexander continues to be a dog. Um, this is just going to be a really awesome game of two, uh, you know, real contenders in the NFC, not only the NFC, but in the, in the NFL. And this is, I think, a huge spot, at least for me, that I've, I've elevated the Lions into that scrappy spot where I know that they're going to fight. You know, in every in every spot that they're in, and their defense is going to be able to keep them in games. And Stafford has been playing awesome, and Bevel, for the most part, has been calling uh, a good game plan every uh, game. But this is just a huge spot for both of these team man, teams, man. And I can't wait, and I expect a, a close Packers win. I'm glad that we're not all on the Lions. That that gave me a lot of relief, honestly. I'm glad you picked the Packers. Uh, that yeah, I, I got a losing mentality right now, and I'm trying to shake it, but I just can't. And Clap knows. There's been a lot of games over these last 15 years, and that's why I don't. I, I'm done crowning the Lions before they go out and prove it on the field. It's just been a lot of those games where it's like, oh, if we win this, like it's our time. And then we lose it. Like I just remember 2016 after Stafford got that finger injury, we were nine and four, and we had three straight prove it games. We lost all three, and finished nine and seven. And I, it, it, hopefully, it's different. That's the, that's the thing. I, that's the thing. In 2015, that was, I mean, that was just... We're in 2019 now. The, that's, that's what I was about to say, and that's what I hope is true, is when Lee says, like, it's actually different this year, but I don't know. We're going to figure out if it's it different on Monday be. night. Whether it's different or not, I'm going to be screaming at my TV. I'm going to be yelling at Aaron Rodgers the whole game. Go make up with your family and retire. I'm done with this guy. I'm glad that he's under contract until he's like 42. He actually hasn't been that good this year. I know the Packers have. Oh, I think Rodgers played well against the Cowboys. Oh, yeah, against the Cowboys. But I think Cowboys looked like trash I, last week. They, they, trash. they did look really bad. Um the outro to this episode has to be Can't Shake It by Tech 9 because that's officially Dolan's anthem I can't until, shake until it. the Lions I, prove otherwise. I cannot shake the Lions just, you know, stink, honestly. Can I, can I let you in on my uh, parlay of the week here? Please. Go ahead. We got Saints plus money on the money line. Falcons over 51 and a half. Yep. Seahawks hey, minus hey, hey. 130. Yep. And Lions money line plus 172, 17 bucks to win 300. Let's Submitted. Go. Submitted. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. This is the Seahawks money line, the over in the Arizona Atlanta game, and the Lions money line. And uh, the Saints money line. And the Saints money line. Wow. I like that, man. Submitted. 17 exactly. I want those fresh odds. Let me, uh, I mean, Klepp kind of had some of the plays that I really like, but I already have the over in the Arizona Atlanta game. I think that's a great play. I think it's a really. Uh, really nice play, and then I got. Uh, I'm going to be individually betting on the the Seahawks money line, the Saints money line, uh, and the Eagles money line. So that's where I'm leaning this uh, this week. Yeah, I, uh, that uh, just because I only have two picks that I'm really going for this week, and this that over in Falcons and Cardinals, which Tommy and I have already talked about a lot. And it's yep. also obviously I'm going to be riding the Seahawks pretty hard this week. Texas and my Texas plus I, eleven and a half. Put your put the mortgage for your house on it. Wow, Ellinger. <laughs> 
the I, franchise. I would say right now in the emotional state that I, I'm in, if, if Texas doesn't cover 11 and a half, I just, the weekly five will have seen its last day. <laughs> it's, it'll just be over. It'll just be over forever. Lee, if Texas, if you, if you win this weekend via Texas, you got to get a custom Texas jersey with number 10 that says bullish on the back. <laughs> They're getting 11 and a half. I understand Oklahoma's a good team. It's the freaking Red River rivalry, and, and nobody's giving Texas any respect. Nobody. 11 and a Lee, half Lee, what do you points. think about an 11 and a half in the over uh, teaser? I, I don't I, – I, you can do that if you want. I told you what the play was. <laughs> Texas plus 20. Yeah, right. I told it's, Yeah, it's Texas just, plus 20. You, yeah, sure. I mean, I like that, but I don't want to mess around with any overs, unders. Texas is getting 11 and a half points in the Red River rivalry, and Jalen Hurts is overrated. Okay? That's what I have to say. Wow. That's going to be a close second game. part is true. Lee, 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 really quick hot take. Jalen Hurts is getting hyped for the NFL. You buying it? Good for him. It? No. Someone, I'll say this. Someone else will have to make Jalen Hurts great. Maybe if he gets drafted to the Bears in the third round and maybe can, can make him a system quarterback where I think he can be better than Trubisky, absolutely. I think he can win games, absolutely. Do I think he's in a category of someone that you draft on their own to be the face of your franchise and, and that will carry your team as the franchise quarterback? No, absolutely not. Uh, a, la, a la Jordan Love. And I'll say the same thing about Justin Herbert. Throw him in that category. He's done nothing to prove. Yeah, he's overrated. He's on that level. Nothing. And everyone has anointed him before he's proven anything. I got some really good Jalen Hurts NFL analysis. That This is some inside information that I'm just going to let the podcast listeners know. Uh, got him, drafted him as my backup in my Lions Madden franchise. He is so bad. Oh, my God. He cannot throw the ball at all. He can run it decently, but I had to sign Nick Mullins. Like when Stafford gets hurt for one season, and I had to sign Nick Mullins in like 2020, 